This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. You're listening to The Assist with Trevor Hart. All right, welcome back. So um, this has been something that I've been wanting to talk about for a couple weeks, but um, just some other stuff's gotten in the way. I felt like I should talk about this other stuff. Um, news came out that USC and UCLA are going to join the Big Ten, making the Big Ten a coast-to-coast conference, which doesn't sit well with me, but whatever. It happens. Um, decisions were made. A lot of these conference movements have been like football decisions. I don't know if you can say this is a football decision just because UCLA, they've been like half relevant. I mean, USC back in the day, they were really good, but I mean, it's not 2005 anymore. So you wonder, who is this move for? And I have no idea other than just, I think the Big Ten wanted to be coast to coast. You're getting two L.A. teams in which I saw an article where it was saying that it's the second biggest market. But in terms of, like, college sports, L.A. has got to be the number one market just because there's nothing in New York. Like, there's Rutgers. That's it, pretty much, of, like, the major ones. Like, not the biggest thing that's happened in New York was always the Big East Tournament. That was it. It was always in Madison Square Garden. And from there, you just... That was the biggest thing that was going on, but sure, that was the only thing also. I mean, St. John's, come on, it's not 1985 anymore. Like, St. John's isn't that relevant anymore. UCLA is always going to be relevant no matter what they do, whether it come, even if they're bad at football, they're still always, even if they're bad at basketball, they're still always going to be talked about the most. And USC has just always been there in the mix. So they get those two. And um, I started thinking about because there's a ton of realignment going along, and and it's just um, it makes me wonder what the future of certain things are going to be in basketball, especially since all these are football moves essentially. So um, I wanted to look through conference realignment because I know it's not like incredibly rare. I know that we've seen it a lot over the past couple months, but it's not that rare of an occurrence to happen for teams to just switch conferences. And I was started thinking, I was like, man, I remember going through old college basketball yearbooks and be like, the Conference USA used to be like a power conference, like in terms of basketball. And um, I was like, man, well, yeah, they got, it just got disillusioned. I mean, it's still there, but I mean, it's just... None of the teams that were there in the beginning are there anymore. And um, now it's just like a mid to almost a low major conference, honestly. And, um, yeah, I saw that and I want to talk about that. So I got um, a bunch of college basketball yearbooks every year from uh, 2004, no, 2003-2004 through today. And then we're going to talk about the future of that. So let's go ahead and jump into it. All right, so um, 0304, I'm just going to go through the list of conferences. So if you want to write these names down or just uh, 
you have a good memory. Um, I'm going to try to... Um, they're essentially the same, but we'll just go through. So the ACC had Duke, North Carolina, Maryland, Wake Forest, Florida State, Georgia Tech, Virginia, and Clemson. The Big Ten had Michigan State, Wisconsin, Michigan, Illinois, IU, Ohio State, Purdue, Minnesota, Iowa, Northwestern, Penn State. The Big Ten had 11 at that point, and... Like, everyone's saying, oh, my God, like, the Big Ten's going to have 16 teams. They're going to have to change the name. You cannot ever change the name of the Big Ten, in my opinion. And I know, like, I'm a fan of a Big Ten school. I love the Big Ten a lot. But the Big Ten is, like, the first major conference there is. I mean, the first conference ever is the MIAA, which my Trine University is a part of. That's the oldest collegiate athletic conference in the history of sports. But the Big Ten was like the first major one to come around. So you can't ever change a name. The Big Ten, I'm looking at a ball right now. It's right over my monitor. It's the Big Ten logo with the 11 hidden inside of it. Just because they know. It's like, hey, we get it. It's not 10 teams. But you can't ever change the name. And we've seen conferences change the name. I think the Big 12 is saying they're going to go through possibly changing the name. You just never know. The Pac-12 used to be the Pac-10. It was the Pac-10 for decades. I think it even used to be the Pac-8. So, with that, that's just... You can't ever really... Some of these conferences will change your name, but the Big Ten is just... It's going to forever be the Big Ten no matter what. Uh, The Big 12 had Baylor, Colorado... Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, Missouri, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, Texas A&M, and Texas Tech. Big East had Boston College, Connecticut, Georgetown, Miami, Notre Dame, Pittsburgh, Providence, Rutgers, St. John's, Seton Hall, Syracuse, Villanova, Virginia Tech, West Virginia. And this was still kind of in, not really the height of the Big East because that was all in the 80s. But this was still where, like, the Big East tournament was the biggest tournament, like, conference tournament you could watch. And it was in Madison Square Garden, as I said earlier. And this is around the era, kind of, it happened a few years later, but, like, Georgetown and Syracuse going to, like, six overtimes, playing all the way till, like, one o'clock in the morning. And this is when the Big East was really good. I mean, I still think the Big East is good, but it's not as good as it used to be. And the Conference USA. At Conference, I don't think a lot of people... Well, I know they don't really care about it anymore. But, um... This Conference used to be really good. Um, a lot of NBA players came from Conference USA. So you had Charlotte, Cincinnati, who at that point, Cincinnati, I think they had Jason Maxiel. DePaul, who had, I think, Sammy Maya, who was very good. Wilson Chandler would eventually play for DePaul. East Carolina, Kevin Martin is from East Carolina. Houston, they had Andre Owens, who played for the Pacers at one point. I think he's from Indy, but um, that's an NBA player. Uh, Louisville, and this was right around when they had Francisco Garcia, who ended up playing in the NBA. Tawan Dean was really good for them. I don't think he ever made it to the league. But they were really good. Marquette, who had Travis Diner and Dwayne Wade. I mean, those were very good Marquette teams. I mean, they made the Final Four. 
Um, Memphis, who at that point was getting ready to have Dwayne Washington, who was very good. I think he was he was also from Indy. Uh, no, Rodney Carney was from Indy. Uh, Dwayne Washington was really good for them too. And then eventually um, get Chris Douglas Roberts, Joey Dorsey, Derrick Rose, all those guys. They had St. Louis, Southern Miss, uh, South Florida, TCU, Tulane, and UAB. Not a bad conference, honestly. Pac-10. This is when it was the Pac-10. Had Arizona, Arizona State, Cal, Oregon, Oregon State, Stanford, UCLA, USC, Washington, and Washington State. And then the SEC was divided into two divisions. They had an East and a West. But the full roster is Bama, Arkansas, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, LSU, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Vandy. So that's the base lineup for all these conferences. Some of them will fall in and out. We'll get some new ones in. As And I'm not doing Power 5 conferences because, I mean, for a few years, I mean, they kind of stay the same. But there's no, like, major changes. But, like, the main ones is, like, Power 5 doesn't mean really that much to me. It's just, in an eye test and also in these books, when your whole conference is being shown and not just having three or four of them being shown, then the rest of them just have, like, a paragraph summary of what they did or what you should expect them to do. But when they showed a whole conference and they have, like, an entire overview for the conference and all that, it's a top conference. So that's what I'm going off of here. Let's see. 04-05, the ACC would add Miami and Virginia Tech. The Big East lost VT and Miami. Big 10 stays the same. Big 12 stays the same. Conference USA stays the same. Same with Pac-10 and SEC. 05 and 06, ACC would add Boston College, which was lost by... the um, the Big East, but then the Big East is a huge shakeup here. Big East adds Louisville, Marquette, DePaul, Cincinnati, and South Florida. Big Ten and Big Twelve will stay the same. Conference USA. This is probably the biggest shakeup you will ever see, and we're only two years in, but still, this is the top one. So, in the course of a year. The Conference USA loses Louisville, Marquette, DePaul, Cincinnati, South Florida, TCU, St. Louis, and Charlotte. And then they add UTEP, UCF, Rice, SMU, Tulsa, and Marshall. Pac-10 and SEC will stay the same. After that shakeup, every conference stays the same for 06 07 07, 08, everyone stays the same, but the Conference USA, after hemorrhaging all those good teams, loses popularity. But, I mean, Memphis still did make it to a national title game. That was when they had Derrick Rose. So, um, yeah, there's that. But pretty much all of them stay the same. We'll not talk about the Conference USA from here on out. 08, 09, everyone stays. Same with 09 and 10. 2010-2011, everyone stays the same. 2011-2012, ACC stays the same. The Big 12 loses Nebraska and Colorado. The Big East stays. Big 10 adds Nebraska. 
Pac-10 ends up changing its name to the Pac-12 by adding Utah and Colorado. And the SEC doesn't lose any teams, but they do end up scrapping their divisions, and now it's just one conference who plays in a... Like, instead of having two regular season champions, you have one. 2012-2013. The ACC will stay. Big 12 will lose Texas A&M and Missouri but they will add TCU and West Virginia. The Big East lost West Virginia. Big 10 stays the same at 12. Pac-12 stays the same. SEC ends up adding Texas A&M and Missouri. This is a big year coming up, 2013-2014. ACC adds Notre Dame, Pittsburgh, and Syracuse. Then, a conference called the American Conference comes on the scene and they're going to be a top conference as they're going to have defending national champion in Louisville at that time. I know that title's been vacated, but still. Uh, Memphis, UConn, uh, Cincinnati, SMU, UCF, Houston, Temple, Rutgers, and USF. The Big East is now the one hemorrhaging as they lost Louisville, Syracuse, Notre Dame, Pittsburgh, USF, UConn, and Rutgers. They add Creighton, Xavier, and Butler. Big 10, Big 12 stay. And uh, let's go ahead and check in on the Conference USA here in 2013-2014. It's a completely different conference. They At that point, they would have Louisiana Tech, Southern Miss, UTEP, Middle Tennessee, Charlotte, Tulsa, UAB, East Carolina, North Texas, Marshall, Florida Atlantic, Texas San Antonio, Florida International, Old Dominion, Tulane, and Rice. Completely different from what we had seen. Now this conference is definitely not as strong as it used to be. Pac-12 and SEC stay the same. 2014-2015. ACC loses Maryland but adds Louisville. So Louisville only in the American for one year. Uh, So the American would lose Rutgers and Louisville and they would add Tulsa, Tulane, and East Carolina. So there's three schools from Conference USA gone. Big 12 stays. Big East stays the same. Big 10 would then add Rutgers and Maryland to the 14 that we know today. And this was one where I was like... I don't, it's fine, I guess. I mean, if you know, like, a lot of basketball history, you know Maryland is a really good basketball school that really doesn't get talked about as much. Um, You had John Lucas and Len Elmore back in the day. They were a force to be reckoned with. Um, Len Bias, he was at Maryland. I mean, he was the number two pick. He was expected to be the next Michael Jordan, which is weird because... He was drafted a year after Michael Jordan. And I think he even said he was supposed to be better than Michael. Um, yeah, but it, I don't. I didn't really like the whole East Coast thing. Just because, to me, the Big Ten was so good being in um, a Midwest conference. And um, it's fine now. I mean... There's been some good players at Maryland since 
they've joined. Rutgers has just been all right. They had like their best year this past year with Geo Baker and Ron Baker and Ron Harper Jr. But even then, like you look at the Rutgers one year, like why are you why Rutgers? And honestly, it's just because it's the and they say it in their commercials, it's the birthplace of college football. So it's just something to add in like kind of your marketing, I guess, when you be like, hey, we got Rutgers. I mean, this is a historically, this is a historic football school. And I don't, they haven't done anything since they've come to the Big Ten, so it doesn't matter. Um, to round out 2014-2015, Pac-12 stays, SEC stays. 2015-2016, everyone stays. 16-17, everyone stays, but the Americans starts to lose popularity. 2017-18, everyone stays the same. Same of 18-19. 19-20 stays the same. 2020-2021, the Big East adds UConn, but that is the only change. And then everyone has stayed the same since, and now we are to the present so, what's the future of all this? Well, it's actually quite a lot. Uh, there's a very helpful ESPN article. Um, I need to make sure I get the offer in here. Uh, Tony Moss has a great article for everything that's in realignment right now. And um, even goes into like mid to low major conferences. But I'm going to stick with what we've heard from the main conferences that I've talked about. Um, ACC, there's a rumor going around. And I don't know how valid it is. I mean, I heard it on the Dan Patrick show. I don't think that that's a place where you go to where you're like, oh my God, that's going to be wrong. Like DP, he does his homework. He has good sources. And so, um, take this a grain of salt, but to me, um, if it happens, I won't be surprised. Um, Clemson, Miami, and Florida State is are rumored to leave to go to the SEC. And this is a 100% a football move, no question about it. I mean, Florida State and Miami, that's a rivalry that goes down in history in football. Um... Florida State has been a solid basketball school. But, I mean, they're known for their football. Miami, I mean, it's the U. Come on. I mean, there's two ESPN 30 for 30 documentaries on the U. Like, it's they're going there for football. Uh, and Clemson, obviously, they've been a powerhouse the past couple years. So, in terms of football, basketball, they're not that great. So, all these are going to be football moves for the most part. Big East is set to stay, as far as we know. The Big 12 is set to lose Oklahoma and Texas, and they're going to go to the SEC. Um, they're going to gain Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, and BYU. And that this isn't in the next year. This is probably in the next three or four years. 2023, well, I guess that would be, well, start of next year, I guess. Um, 2024-2025. Uh, the Big Ten, as I mentioned earlier, they're going to add UCLA and USC. And they had already de- and they denied Washington and Oregon entrance to the conference because they were apparently going to, they were fine staying there. 
okay. To me, I would almost swap out Oregon for USC, especially if you're talking football, just because, and all, I mean, Oregon's got Nike. Like, they're right next, they're right there. Like, and Phil Knight, who, who founded Nike, is just all in support of Oregon. I mean, it's where he went to school. So, weird that they denied Oregon and Washington entrance. Um, with that, the Pac-12 is probably going to go back to the Pac-10 just because of losing those two teams. SEC is going to add Oklahoma, Texas, and again, it's rumored that um, Clemson, Miami, and Florida State. Um, Notre Dame's kind of a wild card in this situation because their football team is independent. That's why, like, Notre Dame football, they played, like, one season ACC schedule. That was in the COVID season. But, um, yeah, they're an independent football team. So, with them being in the ACC for basketball, uh, the ACC could be dying. We don't know. But, um, it's always, Notre Dame's always a wild card just because I remember story going around a few years ago where the Big Ten and Notre Dame had mutual interest for, you know, Notre Dame joining the conference. They go into negotiations, something like that, or start talking about, okay, here's what you do, here's how we're going to do it. And uh, Notre Dame, staying put, we're like, um, we want our football team to stay independent. And that was the end of it. I think the Big Ten has, like, always been like, you join the Big Ten, you bring all of your sports. Everything. You can't be independent in anything. You will probably have to be a D1. And um, that was it for Notre Dame being in the Big Ten. So far, I mean, we don't know. Uh, Notre Dame's football... They have a deal with NBC um, to broadcast all their games through 2025. So after that, if they see something, like if the landscape is changing, they might join in on a conference. But, um, yeah, just, and it makes too much sense for Notre Dame to be in the Big Ten, right? I mean, South Bend, Indiana... It's Indiana. You're right in the middle of the Big Ten country. And Notre Dame is one of those schools where it's weird because when you hear Notre Dame, you don't think Indiana. You kind of think like an East Coast Ivy League almost. It's a very good school. And um, it just seems like one of those things where like, it's like when you hear the like, Yale, I think, was like a really good football team in the early days. Same with Notre Dame. Notre Dame is one of the most historic football teams ever, and they've been historically good. But yeah, it, when you when I went to the ACC, I was like, yeah, it kind of makes sense, just because you like it's Duke and all those schools. But it always like takes me half a second to be like, oh yeah, Notre Dame's in Indiana. But um, according to Dan Patrick, the rumor is that um, there's most likely might be two major conferences 
they'll have like 20 teams each and um essentially be like two conferences in professional sports like AFC, NFC, East and West, stuff like that. And with that, I was thinking what is that going to look like for March Madness? Just because it seems like almost a perfect system that and I, I know there's a bunch of wacky stuff with like rules of the bubble and what the committee will actually do. But to me, it's the March Madness system is so immaculate. I don't think you can ever mess with it again. Like it was tough enough to get to add four teams to make it a 68 team bracket. Like that was, that was enough for people to go, wait a minute. Well, you're changing it. But, um, that was the, I think it was to add more, uh, at large bids. But if multiple conferences are joined together to make two super conferences, you're taking away automatic bids. And so with that, you're adding more at-large bids. So with that, in theory, wouldn't it be easier to just make March Madness? And I know like already the Big Ten has what, seven to eight teams making the tournament, like, consistently? Imagine, like, UCLA going in there, and maybe USC is pretty good again. I mean, they've been getting recruits recently, but, I mean, they make the tournament, sure. They have the past couple years. It's just, and there's less competition for you. Like, you don't have to worry about, um, like, Davidson losing in their um, final, in their conference final, because if they lose, it takes away an automatic bid because Davidson has to make it. It just, it takes the suspense out of everything. That whole week going up to the tournament with all these conference tournaments, seeing, oh my God, this bubble just got popped. Uh, This team just got on the bubble. I think it's gone with that. And I hate to say it because those it's some of the best competition you can ever watch. Like, no one will ever watch, like, the Missouri Valley Conference Championship anymore. Just because, like, eh, doesn't matter. My team's going to make it anyway. It's like, no, you have to, like, be invested in this stuff. So, to me, it's going to make things way easier for our teams. And I understand the goal of like making these super conferences is to be profitable enough with all your sports basically being carried by football and basketball to um, just split from the NCAA. I mean, that's the goal of all these teams. We know it is. And so I just, I don't know. It's just... There's just not that many sports that make as much money as football and basketball. And I, I hate to say it, it's the truth. I love sports, but it's the truth. Like, I love watching any kind of sport. Well, there's a few exceptions. But overall, like, I am a sports junkie, essentially. Like, if there's nothing going on, I'm watching old highlights of stuff. 
And it's like, it's just, I think it's going to take some of the fun out of it. I'm going to still enjoy it just because it's in my blood. Like I can't not enjoy basketball or some or stuff like that. I can't not enjoy sports. But it's just it's gonna be weird. And I was even thinking about this um yesterday. What is your regular season schedule gonna look like if you have twenty or so teams in a conference? Because I'm thinking with basketball, like football I know it's like teams they don't even play each other for they don't play everyone in the conference throughout the year because the football season is too short. They're adding too many teams. But um, in my in thinking of basketball, this is how it'd have to work. You would probably play. The season might have to start later because here's here'd be my thinking. You would play like two exhibit, two or three exhibition games, which they do already. Immediately, and I mean immediately, go to a ta- go to a Thanksgiving tournament for your non-conference. That's it. You do the Battle for Atlantis. You do Maui, Maui, uh, the Maui Invitational. I can't talk right now. I keep trying to say Maui Jim Maui Maui Invitational or Maui Jim Maui whatever. Do that. You do um, the bunch all the R ones. And then, after that, you're in conference play. And that's essentially to play just a team once. You can have a couple of them where you can play a couple times. Like, I would say the big rivalries, you'd have to make them, you have to play twice every year. Purdue IU would play twice a year. Um, Michigan State, Michigan. Michigan, Ohio State. You, you have to play those a couple times. Um, I don't know what's going to happen to, like, ACC Big Ten Challenge. Because now, well, after here in a couple years, it sounds like the Big Ten is going to double, like, the size of the ACC. So how are you going to do that? SEC Big 12 Challenge. Again, it sounds like the SEC is going to dwarf the Big 12. The Gavit Games? I... Big East, Big Ten, you're still, like, you're dwarfing these guys. And there's a lot of them saying, like, the ACC might not survive. The Pac-12 might not survive. It's a shame. Just because conference play means so much. Like, it sets the stage for what you will see in a conference tournament. That conference tournament, if you win, you're in. You don't perform so well, well, you're going to have to be biting on your nails on Sunday. Just, ah. There's so many moving pieces in this, and I understand it's all about the money. Just try to get as much money as possible, and I, I get it. But at the same point, when do you step back and go, am I creating a good enough product to make an, enough money to split from the NCAA? I don't know. I would assume your football, your football is going to stay the same in terms of revenue, except that you might be splitting more money among a conference. Um, basketball, you're probably going to stay the same. Um, 
but it's the postseason stuff that I think that's where a lot of teams I think that's where they earn that's where they earn their good money like very good money like I was listening to Dan Patrick and they were saying that if you make the um, final four for I think this is for football you make the the turn the college football tournament and let's say one team from a conference makes it they have to split that money with the conference okay imagine splitting your earnings with 20 team with 19 other teams not gonna be as happy the conferences will make the same amount of money just because like you're splitting the same amount of money I doubt they're going to up the the earnings just because you have a bare conference that's not how it's gonna work so the thing with all this is I'm going to still enjoy it I just don't know when when it comes to postseason stuff I won't be as interested. It'll kind of be like the um, NBA playoffs where, like, I watch it, but I'm just like, I don't feel invested. March Madness makes you root for every team in a certain way. Because, you know, you fill out your bracket. That's who you're going to root for. If you have Loyola over Ohio State in the second round, you're going to root for Loyola. It's just... Simple math. You, if you are, if you like, think this team's gonna win, you're going to root for them. If there's a team that you despise that's in the tournament, you're gonna root against them. You're gonna root for every team that plays them. It's the beauty of it. I just don't think that that's going to be around as much. Cinderellas are gonna die. Just because the more at the more at large bids there are, like the clearly the better of a team that they would that you're gonna play. Cinderellas are gonna die out, and I just don't know. I I would have to assume, but you know what they say about assuming. You have to assume these commissioners of the conference. And presidents and all that are thinking about um well what was gonna what's gonna happen with this I don't know if they're seeing far enough ahead just because to me it's like you're losing all the good things that make you money like you're losing a ton of good things and um I don't know maybe their financial guys have worked it out their accounting guys whatever um they have experts on it. Um, but to me, it's just... We've seen some purges in terms of conference realignment. But man, just... we I mean, we haven't seen anything to where a conference has essentially died out. Yeah, Conference USA, they're still around. Like, they are still around. But man, the ACC might die. Pac-10 might die. 
or Pac-12 right now. It's probably gonna be. It's probably gonna be Pac-10 again. American, it's probably it's probably already dead after those three teams will leave. So we'll see what goes on. Um, I hope this works out for everyone, not just boosters and the teams and the schools. I hope this works out for everyone. And with that, that will be it for this week's episode. I want to thank you for listening. Um, going to see what's going to happen throughout the next week. And um, we'll have a new episode for you coming out next Friday. So, um, yeah, with that, be sure to follow me on Twitter at DEverhart00. And I will talk to you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.